listening to Radio Owl's Nest. The songs of Martin Page, all day, all night, forever. So grab a cup of tea, settle down with us in the Owl's Nest. Be there in a minute. Actually, I'm here right now. This is Martin Page, and this is Radio Owl's Nest. Thank you for joining me. This is the place you come to to hear all my songs. Yes, egocentric Mr. Page here will play you all the demos from my past, uh, some new songs from the future, and some uh, tracks probably from the middle of my career. Songs from the mists of time, songs from my suitcase, songs from my vaults. It does sound quite creepy, doesn't it? Songs from the vault. It does sound quite creepy. I think it's the right time to play you a brand new song. A song about the last vampire ever discovered in America. And there's a gentleman who's going to talk just like me, from my part of the country, about Mercy Brown. In 1892, the body of 19-year-old Mercy Brown was exhumed from a Baptist church cemetery in Exeter, Rhode Island. Her body was surprisingly well-preserved, a fact that led locals to believe that she wasn't truly dead. This is the story of Mercy Lena Brown, and although chilling and bizarre in nature, it's just one story among many like it that span over 100 years. So here, my friends, is the story of Mercy Brown. Thank you. 
the last exhumed corpse in what would become known as the Vampire Panic of New England. Ah, thank you, my West Country pal, for telling us that story about Mercy Brown. I had a lot of fun writing that song. Um, I was going through a folk phase, you can probably tell, and I picked up the acoustic guitar and uh, wrote a bunch of songs that had that folklore feel about them. And reading the story of um, Mercy Brown, I thought, yes, there's a vampire tale that needs to be told. Um, You can probably hear a lot of influences like Mungo Jerry. I was really into uh, Mungo Jerry when I was growing up in England. Uh, That band that had In the Summertime as their hit. A lot of jug music was Mungo Jerry's sound. And uh, Ray Dorset was a great, great lead singer. I can remember buying their record. uh, um, Yes, it was on uh, Dawn Records. So I always remember the labels and the colours. A yellow, I believe. And um, I really got off on that jug music sound. My God, there's someone at the door. That could be Mercy Brown. I need to hide. (laughs) No, that was just the mailman there, but it proves it's a live show. So there you have it, a brand new song called Mercy Brown. A lot of fun, uh, raw and uh, ready. And I remember I was playing that kazoos on that song in the chorus. So that uh, very famous anybody-can-play instrument, the kazoo, Um, Mercy Brown. Hi, this is Trevor Thornton here, the unfortunate drummer behind Q-Phil. So I'm still recovering in the asylum. I'll get better. Thank you for your sympathy. No, 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 no sympathy, Trevor. You chose the gig. You wanted to join the band. You wanted the girls. You wanted the cash. You wanted the drugs. You wanted the success. So, Trevor, no sympathy at all. What do you think this is, a charity? Here's a song of mine called Love Resurrection from my 2015 album, Hotel of the Two Worlds. Days when love was on our mind I've been thinking about our state of affairs And the peace that we can't find All the hate and all the pain All the suffering we feel I've been dreaming of a better way To get back to what's real For if there's something in this world we really need It's a love resurrection Resurrection Love Resurrection Love Resurrection Love Is there a law that I don't know about That says we cannot love Is there a law that I don't know about That says we gotta hurt That I've been praying Hey, I'm waiting for the love of another day And I've been and wishing all the way But if there's something in this world we really need It's a love resurrection Yeah, resurrection Love, sweet salvation Resurrection Work it out. I've been feeling all those negative vibes that make us a fear and doubt. But if I fall and if I stumble, if I reach out for the light, there's a love that I can depend upon to get me through the night. If there's something in this world we really need, it's a love resurrection. Love. For if there's something in the 
fond memories of recording that song. I remember I'd bought a Gibson ES335 electric guitar and it reminded me of my early days when I was playing with a band called Bronx back in Bristol, one of my first professional bands. And the guitarist, I must give a shout out to a good friend of mine, Brian Allen, he played that guitar. So when I was uh, trying to get back into the soul, I thought I must buy a vintage Gibson ES335, lovely wine red coloured guitar. One of my all-time treasures. Uh, So that was Love Resurrection uh, from 2015 solo album of mine, Hotel of the Two Worlds. And as I've said before, there was a Hotel of the Two Worlds in Paris in the 19th century, which was haunted. Oh my goodness, we're back to uh, Mercy Brown again, aren't we? I have to remember, this is a songwriter's podcast, so my memories of Love Resurrection, if you're at all interested, I remember I was listening to a lot of Marvin Gaye, and uh, in the... uh, 70s, uh, late 60s, I was buying in England those Motown uh, Chartbusters albums and I lived off of those records. And so when I was writing Love Resurrection, I was thinking, uh, Motown, Motown, Motown. And what actually is better than... The universe is a very strange place full of mysteries and odd possibilities that, while scientists ceaselessly try to figure them out, may remain complete unknowns forever. Motown! (laughs) That's what I was trying to say. This is a live show. That was a mistake. A fader was left up and a scientific gentleman popped his head in. So... Back to the song, Love Resurrection. Uh, I remember playing the bass on that track, listening now. It's lovely to play a bass that I brought across from England, from my Bronx days, a bass called a Pro Aria uh, Number 2 bass. And bending and sliding and doing the trills on that bass guitar was, uh, was a joy. And the title, Love Resurrection, I think every day of the week we need a resurrection of love. Well, thank you for agreeing with me, and I think it's a pretty good time to go back, 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 back into... Uh, thank you, Igor. My God, you're a very large man. But thank you for being uh, with me through all these Radio Owlsness shows and opening the door to the vault. Songs from the misty past. I'm very happy to find this song. I'd lost it. I uh, had no idea if it was on a cassette, on a dat, on an old tape reel, where it was hidden. But it did appear recently on a cassette. And it's a song called Lifeline. And I wrote this song with the great songwriter John Lind. So the story behind this, um, I'd just come into L.A. in the 80s and uh, my manager-to-be, Diane Poncher, had sent me some tracks in England uh, of John Lynn's. 
And my God, the demos were fantastic. He was working with Earth, Wind and Fire at that time. And I thought, that's real music. It would be wonderful to uh, learn from this gentleman. And so uh, we got together and uh, John played incredible um, Rhodes piano. He had a great sense of chords and a terrific singer, uh, falsetto particularly, all round um, talented guy. And uh, here I was from England with the new pop sound and the two of us got together in his house and we wrote this song, Lifeline, a very emotional piece of music, really. I remember that John was playing the chords and uh, I just uh, sat next to him and sang these melodies and he'd look at me now and then and say, that's a good one. And uh, words just popped out into the air. And eventually we took the idea from uh, Lifeline, which we recorded on a cassette at first, back to my house where I had a Fostex 8-track in my living room. Uh, John moved his Fender Rhodes into my living room. He played the basic track and then I did the bass and um, he sang the lead vocal and we did harmonies together and I played the solo on the synths. Um, It was a wonderful, wonderful uh, mixture, I think, of... My newness uh, to the whole picture, John's great musical sensibility, and uh, a very spiritual uh, lyric, really. So anyway, I'll tell you a bit more about it, but here's a very, very rare demo, a song called Lifeline. I'm 
an eight-track demo, a song called Lifeline that I wrote with uh, John Lind uh, back in the 80s. Um, and uh, it was done on a quarter-inch Fostex eight-track. That's why it sounds a bit uh, crappy, as they would say these days. But analog tape still has something special going on. Um, and that was taken from a cassette a mix of that. So please excuse all the... Uh, roughness um which i think sometimes adds to the whole picture and makes it a little bit even more special i'm sure you uh, songwriters and musicians out there know what i'm saying what can i add uh, i can add that uh, there was a lindrum that i had in the house so that uh, drum machine which is uh, mixed quite loud without any compression uh, lovely analog stuff that was a lindrum and uh looking back now and i haven't heard this song for a long time you can hear that i'm trying to do all those david pace toto kind of keyboard lines Yes, uh, I was a great fan of uh, Toto at that time. And the solo is uh, me on a Jupiter 8 uh, trying to be a uh, Toto kind of person. Um, But that's Lifeline. And uh, I was quite amazed. It's never been cut by anybody. And yet looking back now, I can see that to me, it has a Christopher Cross kind of sailing thing about it. And I thought, I wish I could have played that to Christopher Cross. Anyway, from the vault, keep following your Lifeline. Uh, It's quite a surprise when you're playing around in your musical computer and you dial in the wrong title and up comes a demo of a song you thought you didn't have a demo of. And a demo appeared on my computer called uh, Karma. Yes, Karma. (laughs) Can we just push the door, the creaking door, just a little bit wider open, please? Yes, in my musical computer right there in the depths. Uh, by making a mistake on the old uh, typing, uh, a demo appeared. It said Karma. Now that uh, eventually turned into a song called Everything You Do on my second solo album in the Temple of the Muse. So when I was first writing it, it was obviously called Karma. And uh, this is a bit of a discovery because it is the original demo uh, of that song. Now, um, Everything You Do... Karma eventually was recorded by me, as I said, on the Temple of the Muse album back in 2008. And also Mickey Thomas and Starship uh, recorded a version of that on a Greatest Hits album for Starship. So it's got a big history, but I absolutely thought I didn't have the demo. And listening back to it now, I can hear it's really quite different. Um, A lot of things uh, that I was building and getting towards, like guitar parts and drum parts and choir parts, they're they're hinted at, but they're not on this version. And it's uh, an early vocal of mine. But anyway, uh, quite thrilling to find, and you, you might enjoy it as well. This is the demo of Karma. Everything you do, do it for love.
Yes, I think I have to agree. That is a bit of a surprise for me. You make a mistake on your musical computer, you dial in the wrong uh, letters, and up comes a demo that you absolutely thought you didn't have. That's Karma, which turned into a song called uh, Everything You Do, in brackets, Karma. And uh, that doesn't have the choir on the end. That has all different scats on it. Uh, There's no crash chords. Uh, It's a different uh, lead vocal take, um, different drop-ins. And um, as I said, there's no medieval choir sort of taking us out at the end. And the drum programming, the kick drum is slightly different. I'm trying to remember all this. Um, So it was really quite fun to find the first time that I demoed this song. I do remember it brought back the memories that I sang that vocal on a very famous veteran microphone called a B&K mic, a very thin, expensive veteran uh, microphone that uh, the Blue Nile, the Scottish band, turned me on to. Originally designed to test gas in uh, industrial buildings. Uh, But it was so... Actually, I know that NASA uses it and they're using it now, I think, on Mars to uh, uh, record sounds in space. So I do know that I used the B&K very, very finely tuned microphone on this demo karma that turned into everything you do um, from my album uh, In the Temple of the Muse 2008. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Ah, Muzak. It seems to be that time again. Yes, that time that I'm sure, I'm sure one or two of you, and probably is just one or two of you, uh, I've been waiting for. The wisdom of Bootsy, the cat that uh, resides in ironing board music offices. His great, great wisdom is demanded by millions of people that are suffering throughout the world. Um, suffering with their questions about life. Uh, Bootsy has been for the last uh, few episodes putting people right, telling them what they should be doing, what they should be thinking. So I've just dipped my hand and pulled a letter out of the mailbag. Millions of letters of human beings suffering out there. And uh, we're going to get Bootsy involved. So this is time for... The Wisdom of Bootsy. And today's question comes from Lord Barrington of Snobbington Palace, Mayfair, London. Bootsy, my fellow, I've always enjoyed making people feel inferior to me. But recently, I've lost the thrill of making people grovel. What can I do? A vast universe of metaphysical truth lies undiscovered. Yet I'm supposed to be placated by chasing a little bit of string. Or is that the catnip speaking? (laughs) The wisdom of Bootsy. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, I suppose so. Well, I hope that answered Lord Barrington's question, and Bootsy will be back next episode to save pathetic humanity's ass yet again. Tis the call of the wild, and I think I'm going to play you a pretty wild track. A track from my 2018 instrumental album, The Amber of Memory. Uh, One of my favourite tracks on the album, particularly when I was uh, recording it, um, the energy and the spontaneity of uh, recording that track was something that I can still remember as being pretty vibrant. This is a song called Shanyata. It's uh, the central important teaching of the Buddha about voidness and emptiness and uh, liberation from the cycle of existence. So here is Shanyata.
That's a track called Shanyata from my 2018 instrumental album, The Amber of Memory. Uh, in the spirit of Weather Report, I remember recording the low bass notes and the, the, the melodies on a sub-fatty uh, Moog synthesizer, um, a fantastic uh, keyboard, and uh, playing the live percussion because it was an interesting 6-4 time signature. I also recall I was doubling all those uh, mini Moog lead lines with uh, a vocal, and uh, on that album, The Amber of Memory, I was uh, really investigating uh, reverbs and echoes um, and uh, the, the emotion of uh, space, uh, ambience itself. You know, when I think about the caves of Lascaux, how it must have been to be in those caves when the prehistoric paintings were being made, um, you get a sense of that uh, mythical power of ambience. So that's Shanyata from my album, The Amber of Memory. Here are true facts about the owl. Baby owls are called owlets, and they look like a cotton ball that grew a face and legs. Owlets are born without flight feathers, and because they are vulnerable, they camouflage themselves as Muppets. Oh, don't you just love those furry little balls with wings? Um, yes, I suppose we do. But uh, in my studio here, I have just found a mouse uh, running past me at high speed. And I had been hearing little crackles in the, in the attic at night, so I have a companion mouse. What do you do? <coughs> yes, scream. Is that all you can do? Mouse screaming isn't going to help, is it? This mouse is going to eat all through the wires of the studio. What can I do? Yes, yes, call the fire brigade. Churchill, Churchill, I need you now. Well, I have a mouse in the house, and that has happened uh, live on radio. So um, I think what we have to do is play a song, don't you? So while I organise myself put on my mouse gear 
And uh, panic, panic, panic. I'm going to play you a song from the past, a song that's never been heard, a demo that's never been heard from the 90s, a song called How Do I Get Over You? Very average white band. Calm me down a touch uh, from seeing that mouse run by me and uh, actually give me the middle finger. <laughs> Very scary. Well, not really scary, but like, I thought I lived alone. 
I'm six foot two and I was a professional soccer player and uh, that made me go, oh my God, oh my God. Uh, well, I have a companion mouse. I must find a humane way to say, please, please leave my house um, promptly and please don't eat through my studio wires. Anyway, the song, uh, never been played before. Um, How Do I Get Over You? Uh, a ballad I wrote back, I think, yes, in the 90s and very influenced by the, as I said, Gino Vanelli and... And, uh, average white band and uh, that beautiful that's not supposed to be there no that's not sp- that's a fader that's up and that's not supposed to be there yes I'm an average DJ so all the wrong faders are up anyway let's get back to how do I get over you um, I did a little guitar solo in that song as you can hear that's not supposed to be there either bollocks 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 i'm having a bad day in the studio um (laughs) a mouse running by and then all the thank you thank you i am about to get pissed off please 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 everybody control themselves including me uh how do i get over you a ballad a soul ballad i was trying to say that i played a guitar solo thinking of the isley brothers when they did those great soul songs no laughter no laughter no laughter we're okay um and they had that sort of Jimi hendrix vibe going on anyway maybe on um poetry of collisions volume two we may hear the rare demo how do i get over you And here's a song of mine called Never From My Heart from 2017, an album called The Slender Sadness, The Love Songs. What's the chances you meet someone who lifts your face toward the sun? Got me thinking. What would I do without you? Why go on? What's the meaning? Look in your eyes. There's the reason. Got me thinking. What would I do without you? Back the sky Feel our love Burning all through time Like a blood Red lullaby Never from my heart Never from my heart Took a drive Toward the sea Distance at the mystery. It's got me thinking. Every road I've taken leads to you. Fall back the sky. Feel our love burning all through time. Like a blood red lullaby. Never from my heart You're never from my heart My love for you Is never from my heart The moon in the water You sleep inside me deep and still Feel 
That's a song called Never From My Heart, track nine on an album of mine called The Slender Sadness, The Love Songs. I have fond memories of that track, uh, the slap bass. At first I had a synth bass on there, but I thought, no, we've got to get a bit of Louis Johnson going on there and uh, slap the bass and plugged in the old Telecaster and uh, did some volume pedal lines. Fold back the sky like a blood red lullaby. Yes, some of those lyrics I'm quite pleased with so that's never from my heart p.s quite proud i played live drums on that ah the tea is boiling signifying we're coming to the end of the show but do we have time for a quote of the day yes we do let's make it work quote of the day and the quote comes from plato the republic astronomy compels the soul to look upwards and leads us from this world to another And by God, we sometimes have to escape this world, don't we? I love looking at the stars. Thank you, Plato. Well, it's the end of the show, and I've had a great time. I hope you have as well. Thank you. Thank you, all you loyal owlheads, for joining me so consistently on this very strange radio show. Uh, I have to say, please look after all the animals in the world. Be compassionate, be kind, because we have domain over all those innocent creatures. And look on the bright side of life, and I will see you again soon in the Owl's Nest. Bye-bye! <laughs>